Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I have guests who discuss some of the most novel and challenging and interesting events and topics that employers and business owners are facing during these trying times. And in that spirit, I'd like to welcome to the show tonight uh, a very own special guest, Mr. Machen McDonald. Machen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Good to be with you and everybody out there. Great to have you on the show. Yes, good to be here as well. Um, we've got an interesting topic for tonight, and I definitely want to give our audience a little bit more of your background and tell them who you are and what you do in a moment. But first, allow me just to get the topic out there for our audience this evening. And I think it's going to be one that people can really relate to you, whether you're an employer of a large company, a small company, or anywhere in between. And so our topic tonight is the motivation equation. And what we're talking about is the fact that employers need good leadership to drive employee success up, to improve productivity, and to decrease employee turnover. And to be a good leader, an employer or manager must foster, excuse me, good communication with their employees. So how can we as employers teach our employees by example to clearly express what they need from the employer-employee relationship? On tonight's show, our guest, Mason McDonald, strategic growth consultant and founder of the Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute, and I will discuss and contrast a dysfunctional leadership approach from a successful one. And join us as we discuss what Mason calls the motivation equation and learn how this applies to your company's success. So before we get into that, Mason, we want to give our audience a little more background as briefly as to who you are and what you do. And um, with that, I'll just note that, as noted, our guest tonight is Mason McDonald, and he's the guide elite small business owners and professionals have gone to for over 25 years to gain increased clarity, confidence, and capacity to optimize their potential and that of their teams. Mason is a serial entrepreneur having been a successful financial advisor who started five businesses. He has written five books and presents regularly. In fact, I believe he was on, on a podcast earlier today, as he mentioned to me. At his workshops and inspirational lectures teach and motivate small business owners and trusted advisors with deep insights and pragmatic skills that they crave. They discover how to accelerate the growth and success of their business while experiencing greater life fulfillment. Machen founded the Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute in 2004 and is an award-winning strategic growth coach and number one best-selling author. So as we can see, Machen's flag has definitely been around the block and doing a lot with his passion and I'm really glad to uh, have this chance to engage with you in the conversation with you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yes, same here. All right, so I'd like to get to it. Um, my first question, that I asked my guest, which is, you know, besides the intro that I read for you, tell us a bit more about yourself, Mage, and like Mage, majorly or mainly, how did your career initially start out, and what prompted you to create the Pro Brands Leadership Institute? Well, yeah, so thanks for asking that. Um, I'm somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, you know, right out of college, I started a water ski school up on Lake Tahoe out in Nevada and California, um, and then migrated into starting a citywide concierge service for San Francisco, which got me into financial services. Um, I was introduced to some people that uh, were successful in that business. And I interviewed, got my licenses, learned, and uh, became a financial advisor, eventually an agency manager with a large mutual insurance company, and had great success there, and uh, had an opportunity to basically help people outside of the company, not just inside the company, with regards to growing businesses and uh, decided to hang out my shingle back in 2004 uh, as a leadership institute because I found that most people were really looking for tools and resources with regards to becoming better versions of themselves, which ultimately comes down to communication, not just with other people, but most importantly with themselves. Interesting, yeah. It's um, quite, a, quite an interesting and expensive background there. I, I like how you got that 
experience in various areas and industries, right? You've got, you know, the ski school, the water ski rather park in school rate, which uh, I think you said it was a park at a school. Is that correct? I'm sorry, that say that again. I, I think it was a water ski school, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then so you're in that whole I, way of making money and getting the, the rope, learning the ropes of business and then to kind of transition from there into the concierge service and financial management. Um, I could see how you gained some experience, I imagine, that showed you what successful business owners did and what was missing. And maybe I, I guess that's what I hear in terms of what led you to the pro to found the Pro Billions um, Institute. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it lends itself to just uh, it's it, so much of it comes back to communication. You know, the, the dysfunction that I would see in other businesses um, is just people not knowing how to clearly communicate and ask for what they need. And, um, you know, so we discovered ways to help people become more effective in that regard. And it makes life so much easier. Yes. And we're going to get into some of those communication methods and styles a bit later in the show. But I think it's also interesting how I have different types of guests on my show with some backgrounds where they always do they want to do X when they grew up. And they were like eight years old and, you know, say baking with their mom. And then they opened a bakery at age 35. And others who, through a series of their own uh, adventures, adventures in the, in the professional arena, saw what a need that had to be filled and perhaps saw that and experienced what happens when it's not met. So communication amongst, I'm sure at certain companies you may have been in, perhaps that's revealed itself. But I think communication, I tend to agree with you, Mason, especially in, from my perspective as an employment law attorney, I see so many issues of litigation and, uh, and conflicts that result from a breakdown in communication. Um, so really interesting to have that as your background, it, it's kind of a nice segue for me into uh, another question, uh, which is, uh, what are the most common mistakes that you see employers make when it comes to leadership styles with their employees? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing goes to a couple places. First, I would say that they are trying to lead the person rather than lead the person through the current situation and recognizing what is the situation. Because we may be dealing with a person that uh, is, is highly experienced and skilled um, mm -hmm. and is highly motivated. However, they're embarking in a new project or a new task that they may not have all that experience mm -hmm. to bring in that situation. And so they're expectation is that they perform a certain way and they give them the resources or lack of resources sometimes because they already imagine that they're further along than what they are in that particular point or um, they don't recognize somebody is you know brand new doesn't have the skill but has the high will and they're looking to them to figure things out rather than just maybe dictating what needs to be done so I think, and this comes back to something known as situational leadership, whereas if we just look at what's the situation and then take into account the person in relation to that situation and lead and manage by that, giving them the tools, whether it's we need to be more dictating, if you will, or more coaching, mm -hmm. or mentoring, or more managing, you know, those are the different hats that a leader is going to wear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just don't have the right hat on for the right situation. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying. And I can see how I think maybe perhaps some of our audience, if they're managers or leaders, might at times get maybe sidetracked or not realize that dictating a course of action can be as much leadership and helping somebody develop as, you know, the old expression of teach a person a fish as opposed to give them a fish. It's it's it can be just as, as valuable in the situation as other times like where you want to let the person sort of figure out for themselves what, what's happening to learn. Um, I think a lot of people don't look at that, but I'm glad you're mentioning those, those things about the situation and also about just like, leadership, you know, through dictation, through example, through communication. Um, I know that often the situation people are in, I think in, in companies, I, I agree with you, it can really change and there could be different sets of skills required or different information to be given. So I suppose it sounds like situational leadership is, is that a 
pretty good cornerstone of what makes up a good leader in, in your opinion? Well, I think it's it's one of the cornerstones and, and yeah. sometimes there's a lot of corners <laughs> in the building that we're creating, but it, it certainly is one to be aware of. Um, you know, a phrase I learned years ago is the situation is the boss. Mm. It's kind of okay. like, spare me the narrative, spare mm -hmm. me the brilliance. Here's the situation. <clears throat> yeah. Now, how do we bring our best selves to this situation? Mm. What's interesting about that too is from what I hear from uh, recruiters and others in the coaching and, re and recruiting field is that a lot of companies are hiring more sort of a project-based roles as opposed to the permanent five to 10 year, 20 year role, especially in the C-suite and even the middle management. So people are being hired to come into a certain situation, right? And it's like troubleshoot shoot or solve a problem. So it sounds as if what you're saying aligns with where a lot of businesses are today, just from what I'm observing with my clients as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to bring them into either a project that needs to be figured out. Everything's figure outable. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as as people come into the organization, oftentimes they're looking to best navigate through all of that. Mm -hmm. and get to the next level and to the next level. And, you know, again, it comes back to communication and understanding to ask clearly for what we need and listen for what other people need. And mm -hmm. then together we help each other get our needs met. And if mm -hmm. we all, you know, took a chill pill and relax and just remembered that one piece, mm -hmm. we would be so much more accomplished. But when we're worried or when we're in fear mode, yeah. Oftentimes people don't know how to ask for what they need. And it comes across as this tragic expression of an attack or going passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we can understand that because most people don't know how to ask for what they need to get mm -hmm. the job done. And when they're attacking or going passive aggressive, if we can kind of rise above that and really listen for what it is they need or what they believe they don't have to get the job mm -hmm. done, and then help get that need met if we can. And then for that us is, to be clear. Yeah, I was about to say that's, that is a central tenet of uh, mediation as well, right? Because like, often the sides like, don't understand or process like, their needs or are afraid to ask in a way that's not either super aggressive or very passive and a whole push-pull dynamic. So I'm glad you talk about talk about that, just listening to what others need, right? And um, and helping them to understand their own needs and how to express them. And you mentioned that fear factor. And yeah, when that fear or anxiety kicks in, I think for us as humans, I, I believe it sort of shuts down like a lot of the logical parts of the brain. Um, you get that fight or flight, the rush of I think it's the amygdala or whatever it's called of the brain that gets into that mode. And sometimes it becomes hard not to either become aggressive or, or passive. Um, but I, I want to hear more about, after the commercial break, of course, about how you um, help companies with this valuable communication uh, this tech, and what techniques. And also we want to talk about the motivation equation. So we're at our first commercial break, folks, but you're watching and listening to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. Our guest tonight, Machen McDonald, um, the guide elite small business owners and professionals turn to. So stick around, talk radio NYC. We will be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. 
you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Our guest tonight, Matron McDonald, uh, the founder and creator of the Pro Brilliant Leadership Institute. And we're talking about the motivation equation. We're talking about leadership style vis-a-vis better communication and better understanding of what our needs are and how to express them. And uh, Matron, I thought you really covered that well in the last question. And I wanted to ask you about something that you and I talked about previously uh, and has to do with the, um, the can you discuss the five dysfunctions of a team like what is that concept well I think you have the book just now so let's yeah that. it actually comes from a book called five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni uh, it's a kind of a must read there's there's several books that I always uh, insist that my leaders uh, get to get to become familiar with and that's one of them and he does a great job in the book of helping people understand that the first dysfunction of teams is lack of trust, right? There's no trust. And if there's no trust, we don't feel safe to get to the next level, which is being conflict proficient. In other words, we fear conflict. We're avoidant because we don't trust the people that we're surrounded by. And usually it's in those confrontational Uh, conversations that are robust that a lot of things are figured out and breakthroughs are achieved. So if we don't have a safe space for that to go there, we don't get to that level. And then from the um, becoming conflict proficient, we, the the next level is we have to have commitments and clear agreements. If we don't have clear agreements, we can't hold people accountable, which is the next level. And there's a whole accountability conversation um, that we've developed for leaders or for any dynamic uh, for people to hold people accountable or what we call capable, right? We want to hold you capable of Mm -hmm. doing what you're able to do. And then finally, as we're going through that stair-step approach and we're holding people accountable, then we can measure and be um, aware of the, the results, right? We have to be attentive to the results. That's the fifth dysfunction of a team is inattentive to results. In other words, we're not celebrating good results and we're not calibrating the, the unintended results that we're getting. So we have to have those steps in place to get to the level we want for proficiency and functionality. It's interesting. I could definitely see what you're saying how it applies in leadership, but also I see how it applies, let's say, with employers and employees that in conflict within. I know a lot of times I do litigation events for companies that can then engage in hour disputes and termination cases, and often there's a breakdown somewhere in communication and or a breakdown in trust. And I think those often go hand in hand, right? If there's no trust, there's not open communication, as I kind of hear you saying. And if there's poor communication, often people get misconstrue what's going on and they get into a lack of trust and then from there conflicts don't get properly addressed and then each side digs into their position and either you have a demand letter from a a plaintiff's counsel uh, employee side if you represent the employer or you end up uh, on the wrong side of a lawsuit so i think it's so important to discuss these not just like from a a stance of uh, trying to increase leadership within the ranks but also to prevent 
employment litigation from happening. So it's interesting to talk about this. And, you know, yeah, those are five great ones, I think. Conflict proficient, commitment, uh, accountability, and holding people capable, as you said. And I, I imagine that communication is a key thread that runs through the the, the positive sort of mirror image of these five things. Is that, is that right? Or yeah, it's if we can think of communication as an infinity sign, just going back and forth, right? We're either giving information or we're receiving information. And when we're giving information, it's our responsibility to give the truth. Yes. The challenge is oftentimes we're trying to rescue people emotionally. We sugarcoat it. We don't give them the truth. We don't hold them capable <laughs> to that right. level. And so it gets misconstrued or misunderstood, and then we're kind of off the rails as far as the communication goes. Or when we're receiving information, it's our responsibility to listen for what the other person needs, even through the attack or the you language, you always, you never, you always, never always never something or anything, right? So right. you know that that's not the issue. And then, you know, there is a, a there is another level to this, which is most communication, if not all communication is projection, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we're gonna put our, our story, our narrative on things. Right. And so we have to be very mindful of that. And that's where that's helpful is to be able to listen for what other people need and then keep ourselves separate from that projection to help them get the need met. It's interesting as you're talking about this, I hear some underlying principles that are psychological and perhaps even spiritual in nature, right? I know the Buddhists talk a lot about like the story that we, we uh, attach to situations and the false narratives and how that impacts the ego, which can impact how we respond to uh, criticism. And I hear sort of that psychological aspect of having a safe space for conversation and also just avoiding that, um, you know, sort of you language that you need to do this and that, or you aren't doing this correctly, as opposed to sort of stating a situation from the perspective of I, let's say I'm the employer or I'm the leader, I need more of this from you, or I need to know you can do X, Y, Z. Um, so I, I wonder how much of the leadership coaching involves psychological counseling principles. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you you heard perfectly. Hmm. Um, you know, in in his book *Man's Search for Meaning*, Viktor Frankl. Oh. Who survived Auschwitz mm -hmm. was a, a psychologist. Um, one of the things that he says is that there there's a stimulus, and then there's our response. Right? Somebody says something or does something, and then yeah. we have a response. And what he talks about is the gap between the stimulus and the response. And mm -hmm. most people think that their response because it happens in a nanosecond yeah. is because of the stimulus, right? Somebody, you know, cuts us off on the road right. and we have the stimulus to go to anger, maybe flip them off or chase them off the road, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. yeah. Based upon the gap, the meaning that we associate to what the stimulus was. And mm -hmm. in communication, we can hear certain words, but it's not always, we don't always make up the meaning that was intended. Sometimes there's an unintended impact or unintended consequence of our words or our conversation. So what we have to do is we have to check in with, here's the meaning I'm making up of what I heard you say. Is that accurate? And based upon that and, and my emotional intelligence, I'm going to have a response to what I made up in that gap. And so depending upon where I'm coming from, if I'm in this fearful place or egotistical place, I may not be accessing all of my wisdom right. over the years. I may be accessing uh, an emotional hijacked part of me. Mm. Like you said yes. earlier, where we're in the amygdala or the, the limbic system of the brain, right. we in essence unhook from the neocortex, which is our adult brain. Right. Thinking, judgment. 
Yeah. And so the more we have an awareness around that and what our potential triggers are, because we can all get emotionally hijacked and act like, you know, an angry eight-year-old. It's just, you know, that's why you have a job, right? It's because a lot of people aren't operating with their their full capacity and they they do things they wish they didn't. So when we can help people understand that they may not be able to control the stimulus, Yes. And they always have the power to choose the healthiest perspective of mm. what they fill the gap in with mm. and then respond to that. Mm. And that's a lot of the, the work that we do with people at a very high level to help them become more and more what you know is known as emotionally intelligent. Right. And you're right. My job, why well, do compliance also? I think the litigation piece like, often stems from that that lack of gap, there's a stimulus and then the response, which often is, you know, I can't tell you how many times a company's hired me, Majin says it helped with a very sensitive termination or a situation. And there's some very, very tense, hot emotions like between, right? There's resentment building towards the trouble employee who they feel has not been appreciative or not been like, let's say, you know, listening to what they're doing and and not taking, not appreciating all their their, their assistance. And then there's the employee perspective that they're being railroaded in some kind of situation or that nothing's their fault. And so I will kind of ex- encourage them to take certain steps, which are akin to the gap, right? And having a meeting and we're going to have this kind of constructive conversation and hear their needs. And then if there's a need to terminate, what do you need to have in place? And let's assess. Um, and often I'll get a call back from those clients, not, not uncommon, maybe a week and a later, and they'll say, well, we need to retain you for a different reason. Um, the person, so-and-so, you know, said this and this. I It was a show I broke the camel's back. I told him, that's it, Robbie. You know, I, I can't take this anymore. I think you're fired. You do a terrible job. You're never good at this job. And then Robbie says, you know what? You've been you've been up against me ever since you found out I was, you know, fill in the blank, right? Corrected class category. And, and then the war begins. And now they get an attorney. And so, um, but that gap, and I guess I hear it, I imagine that means that a lot of good communication involves pausing, right, between what's said and what's heard and giving the person maybe the chance like to say, you know, do you understand, how do you understand what I'm saying? Or do you, what do you think I'm saying? And if the best example, the employee says, well, I think you're saying I, I, I'm a terrible employee, I stink. And you say, yeah, actually, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the situation requires X and vice versa, right? Give the employer, let the employee um, or the employer explain what they hear from the employee. I think I hear you saying that, you know, nothing we give you is supportive enough. And so um, that's interesting. Really the whole emotional component I find fascinating. Yeah. And, and it's, it's helping people be okay with emotions, right? We, we're going to have all kinds of emotion. Think of emotion as energy in motion, right? So it's our job to direct that energy in a purposeful and functional way. And so again, if we go back to that infinity loop, yes. There's four, four steps that I help people with, which is get clear on the data, right? Here's the situation or the stimulus. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I need. Would you be willing? Right? So it's the data, the feeling, the need, and the request. If we can just remember those four steps when we're in conversation with people, and right. listen for those elements too if somebody else doesn't know how to put that sequence together mm. it makes it, we stay on the track and it's a lot more fun and enjoyable right here's the clear the data what i feel what i need and then the request um i can see how that would work very well in situations in, in the employment business arena and dare I say, in personal situations, with family and, and partners and spouses mm-hmm. and marriage, I, um, it's a thing. If you're listening tonight and you're having an issue, I'm not a marriage counselor by, um, by any stretch, but I would say that, you know, I would be curious to hear people's responses in the comments next week if you try that, what happens. And we're actually at our next commercial break, Mission Time Flies, and we're having fun and interesting conversation. So um, stick around, folks. If you're listening to or watching Employment Law today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, an employment law attorney, and our guest tonight is Nathan McDonald. So when we come back, we're going to talk about this 
more about communication, more about the motivation equation, and also sort of specific techniques and methods that Machen uses when working with business owners to improve the leadership approach. So stick around. We'll be right back. Howdy. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight, Machen McDonald, founder of the Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute. And we're talking about the motivation equation, which we'll get to. We're talking about um, dysfunctional versus functional ways to lead a team, communication, emotional intelligence, all I think such relevant and timely topics that I think anyone in business these days, if you're really listening, to the conversation, you know, here come up, it comes up time and again, right? The soft skills, the people skills that are so crucial to leading a company, to leading in business, uh, beyond just, you know, the, the hard skills of, you know, do you, you know, can you code, you know, the software, can you recognize this, uh, use Excel or not? So it's um, interesting and important as well, but just, I thought it's an interesting point to, to make there. Um, so Major really giving us some great information today, and I, I wanted to ask you uh, as a, a next question, um, he really talking about the, um, some specific techniques and methods that you use when working with business owners to improve their leadership approach. And by way of example, you mentioned to me something called, I believe it, the responsibility game. <laughs> yeah, we, we call it the responsibility game. It's a really simple, uh, construct to help everybody understand how to be more responsible, more accountable mm. uh, to get things done. And if you can imagine, if you have a piece of paper and everybody that's listening can easily imagine this and draw it out, mm-hmm. at the top of the sheet, the word responsibility, right? If you break that up, it's respond with ability. And we all have an ability or a capability and when we're performing at that capacity, we feel good. But the, to the degree that that gap exists, mm-hmm. we don't feel so good. We're fractionalized versus mm-hmm. being in integrity, right? The root word of integrity is integer, which means whole number. Mm-hmm. So we become fractionalized or it's an infraction, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we want to get people, help people stay above the line. So that line actually is fear right? Fear that we're not going to get our needs met. Mm. And what we do as humans is, and we all do it, by the way, is we'll drop below the line in three areas. The first area is we rationalize. Okay. In other words, if you break the word rationalize in two, we tell rational 
lies mm -hmm. as to why we couldn't respond with all of our ability, mm -hmm. right? You know, oh, I never graduated college or I'm not a people person or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the story is, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have an infraction. We're not whole. Right. So as a leader, we want to help people get back above the line. Mm -hmm. right? and I'll show you how to do that in a second. The second area that we fall below the line is we blame, right? Mm -hmm. It makes somebody else responsible for us not responding with our ability. Because let's face it, if our life or our kid's life or grandchildren's life depended on us getting that thing done, we would have mm -hmm. gotten it done, right? But it's easier just to blame somebody else, right? We use this social band-aid called sorry, right? And people just slap it on and think they're good to go. So if you look at the word blame and you break it into, it's be lame, Right. So I'm don't, loving, loving these breakdowns of like energy, emotion, and responsibility, rationalize, be lame. I'm loving this. Uh, as a former uh, English major writer, I was enjoyed. So I'm, I'm, this is great. But yeah, be lame. I, I try to make it so it's easy to remember, right? Yes. If people right. walk away, they'll go, oh, yeah. So that's the be lame part. And then the final area, and this is where most people fall below the line, is they shame themselves. In other words, they hold themselves in a less than posture, right? I, I never learned that, you know, I'm, I'm just hot tempered. My whole family's that way, uh -huh. you know, whatever their story is that holds them in a less than posture. And if you think of that word broken into it's sham with an E. So it's an emotional sham that we're telling ourselves of why we can't respond with all of our ability. Hmm. Now, if you look at those three words, rationalize, blame, and shame, yeah. circle the first letter in each of those words, what do you get? RBS. Right. So it's RBS that keeps us from responding with our ability. And so the game is to just help people become aware of uh -huh. when they're dropping below the line. So if we're working on something and let's say that the agreement was you were going to get me this report by five o'clock today and right. five o'clock comes and goes, I can say, you know, Hey, Eric, you know, was our agreement that you get this report to me by five o'clock? Yeah. Did you get it to me? No, but, and the story starts, right? The rationalization right. or the blame or the shame. So uh -huh. what we want to help people do is get back above the line. So when, person starts to rationalize, we say, hey, sounds like you might be rationalizing. How do you want to get back in integrity with this? Mm -hmm. I call it atonement or at one mint, right? Mm -hmm. Get back to that mm -hmm. full integer. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Because nobody likes to feel like they let somebody down or that they didn't follow through. So we're helping people when they fall below the line, we're going to catch them, but catch right. them in a good way as if they tripped and we're breaking their fall from hitting the ground and getting hurt. So the more we do this with our team, mm -hmm. say, hey, sounds like you might be blaming, sounds like you might be shaming. How can you get mm -hmm. back above the line? They go, mm -hmm. oh yeah, okay, here's what I'm gonna do to make this right. And the more we do that, the more we operate in that way, the culture just goes through. It becomes a high performance culture when mm -hmm. we bring people to the responsibility game. Right. So it's holding them to their full capacity, their full capability, right? Which often gets undercut from the hearing from the fear of needs not being met, which then leads to, right, those defenses, perhaps for lack of a better term, rationalizing, right? Telling those lies about why something didn't get done, blaming and, and shaming themselves. It's interesting. I imagine that the employee or the, the, the person being led has to know that they can be in the integrity, they don't need to rationalize, lie, blame, shame, and that they won't, there won't be a harsh either punishment or a harsh, let's say, reprimand publicly, you know, humiliation of sorts, in order to really be able to say, yeah, you know, this was on me, I didn't do this, or it, I imagine that might be a, a big part of this, right? The, um, yeah, because, you know, and you'll write, you'll get this, right, and your listeners yeah. will be, in that it's, it's broken agreements mm -hmm. that triggers us. And yes. oftentimes when that agreement is not kept, 
we we go into fear mode, right? We're not getting, we fear we're not going to get a need met because mm -hmm. this person's late with this report. It's going to cascade. It's going to mean this, right? Again, mm -hmm. it's the gap. We yeah. in the gap. Right. And if we just take a moment and say, hey, let me check in here. You know, the agreement was this. Was that your understanding? Yes. Okay. So now, obviously, you made something else more important than mm -hmm. keeping the agreement with me. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to understand so that we can make it right. It's a so what, now what going mm -hmm. forward, right? So, you know, if little Johnny broke his arm and I had to run to the ER and right. I couldn't get this report. You know, I made that more important than keeping my agreement to you to get it by five o'clock. Mm -hmm. No one's maybe going to fault us for that. That's, you know, right. that's being a good dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if we can say, okay, I hear that going forward mm -hmm. right what i need is to know that the moment you know or recognize you're not going to be able to keep the agreement would you shoot me a text right so that i can plan accordingly would you mm -hmm. be willing yes okay so now we set up another micro agreement going forward mm -hmm. and we're back in integrity right yeah. so there's going to be you know more information or disruption along the way we just mm -hmm. have to have a mechanism to be able to have that planned renegotiation and get back to sharing information and expectations. See, I'm glad you mentioned that piece at the end, mentioned the example of, let's say, like someone who couldn't get the report because their wife went to labor or the son broke their arm. Um, when is it, when, what to do, let's say, right? If someone, you know, has a, a reason, um, which one would argue was legitimate, right? It supersedes the importance of the agreement, you know, mm -hmm. is would one shut down if their boss said to them it sounds like you're rationalizing or for example another example would be the blame part like let's say you know i needed certain feedback from you to finish the report and you didn't give it to me or your assistant didn't give it to me and then you ask why it's not done if i cite that factor am i necessarily blaming or is it a matter of like it's a both end like yeah there's a part here but my part was to make sure that if I didn't get the report, I went to you directly or I went to someone else and said, hey, I won't finish this until I get the report. Please help me make this happen. Yeah, it, it, it can be very tricky because there, mm -hmm. there is the, the ego or the fear, maybe even the shadow that can start to creep in in how we're communicating what's going on. So again, that's where it comes back to the data. You know, I didn't, you know, the agreement was you'd have this by this time. Right. That didn't happen. Uh -huh. Help me understand what came about that kept you from keeping that agreement. Because uh -huh. everything's a choice. So you chose to make something else more important. And it probably, it may be. It's like, great. Going forward, could you help me with this need? And uh -huh. here's what it looks like. Right. Right. And you can either say yes, no, or negotiate it. Right. And I think we all can, or often we can tell, I know with my clients and employers, like when they have, let's say, a, a troubled, uh, problematic employee situation, and maybe there's some nuanced difficulty where, like, they wanted to fire the person for performance reasons, and the person just mentioned that they're pregnant yesterday. Now they have a kind of a bad optics and what they might be perceived as. But often I've seen that with poor employees, um, the blame, it's more than a one-time situation being lame a lot it's it's sort of almost a pattern that you know so in that one situation with this broken arm and the sun breaking their arms understandable but then two weeks ago it, it was it got you know a flat tire or the traffic or next week well two days ago it was because you know there was a line at starbucks and suddenly you realize that as a pattern of being whereby they're not being whole right they're, they're below the line they're fearing they're not going to get their knees met so they're hoping that an excuse will be okay to suffice, but that's not really. Yeah. And, and it's, a, you got the right word, right? It's, it's their pattern. Yeah. And oftentimes a pattern is an addiction to a certain feeling, mm -hmm. right? That might be their addiction to chaos mm -hmm. because when we're in chaos, we feel alive. Right. right? So if we can help somebody understand that, we might be able to create a different way of feeling what it is you're wanting to feel and be productive, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be a chaotic situation. It can be a challenging 
situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, it goes back to that gap that we talked about earlier between stimulus and response. Mm. If what's kind of coloring the lens of that cloud mm-hmm. is I'm not enough or I never do it right, right? Mm. The shaping. Yeah. We want to help people start to create a different gap for themselves or go to a default on an unconscious level Mm. so that they recognize i don't have to always be in chaos to get forgiveness that this didn't get done Mm. i can learn how to ask cleanly for more time hey i'm not going to be able to get this to you by this time i -hmm. need more time right teach them the skill of how to renegotiate the agreement excellent point nation really yeah this is really good information Tonight, we're actually in our next commercial break. When we come back, I'll be asking Mason more about the Pro Brilliance Institute that he runs, the Pro Brilliance Leisure Institute, and we'll talk more about um, some other methods and communication techniques. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. A lot today. I'm your host, Eric Robert, Employment Law Business Law Attorney, here with our guest, Mason McDonald, whom, if you've been listening, you can see really has some excellent tips and guidance towards a leadership approach, towards uh, teaching leadership and communication. Um, so, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of final topics. Um, number one, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the title of our show, which is The Motivation Equation. So, why don't you can tell our guest, an audience rather, a little bit more about that. What does it stand for? What's it, uh, what's it about? Yeah, the motivation is one of those things where um, I'm going to say it like this. You know, it, it's it's pretty challenging to motivate an unmotivated person. Okay, <laughs> it's really an inside job. Mm-hmm. However, as a leader, we can help people find what they need to get their mojo back, to get the motivation. And so there's actually an equation mm-hmm. that we can affect. And so it goes like this. It's motivation equals mm-hmm. value times expectancy mm-hmm. divided by distractions times delay. Mm-hmm. All right. So when somebody says, you know, oh, I'm not motivated to do that or, or they can't find whatever it is they need, mm-hmm. we look at their hierarchy of values and we line up or connect the dots to the task at hand or the project at hand and how it supports their hierarchy of values. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's mm-hmm. the value piece in the equation. If we yeah. can start to line that up, 
you know, if somebody's value is creativity or mm. justice or whatever, if we can kind of mm -hmm. shine the light on the project that's going to hit those bullets, we can oftentimes activate the motivation just with that one piece. Mm. The other, the expectancy mm -hmm. part or sometimes agency is does this person see themselves having the ability to get this done, right? Sometimes things are so far out of our reach, we can't see how to do it. And mm. that can pull our motivation away from us. So what we want to do then is start to take inventory of what makes them uniquely qualified to succeed at this. What are some dangers that they may need to limit or eliminate? What are some immediate opportunities that they may be able to capture, right? So kind of chunk it down into some areas that they can get a quick win with or just think out loud mm -hmm. and recognize it's not this big, scary dragon that we're fearing. And it's really just this little lizard and we can deal with it fairly easily. But a lot of times we're keeping all this stuff swirling in our head and it keeps the motivation away. And then the denominator of this equation, the distraction or disruption times the delay, right? If the goal or the task end goal, end line is too far away, it's just, there's no tension. There's no healthy tension to keep us moving forward. It's just, we're getting all tangled up in, in too long of a deadline. That can take that zap the motivation or there's distraction, right? There's just too many things pulling us away that look more important. Maybe they're mm. urgent, but they're not as important. And mm. so again, helping somebody just think through this a little mm. bit, helping them calm down. You know, what's the mm. value here? What's your agency or sense of agency or expectancy to get it done? Mm -hmm. What are the distractions? Let's have a plan to limit or eliminate or delegate the distractions. And mm -hmm. let's, the timeline's too far out. Let's find a couple milestones that are a little clo closer that have some of that healthy tension in place. And if mm -hmm. you tweak one or all four of those a little bit, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just exponentially, you know, 2% mm -hmm. in one of each of those four areas can make a world of difference for somebody to all of a sudden have that life breathed back into them to go get it done. Right, a little more along with the values, let's say, or even just taking away some distractions. I've seen a lot of leaders and a lot of companies where they give someone a task and then they give them seven more tasks and they don't actually clarify which is more important. The person feels like I'm too distracted with, you know, you're throwing things at me left and right. Uh, and also, of course, like the delay without having a tight time frame can make people think, oh, I'll put them on the back burner until, you know, next week and next week never comes. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, you know, Mitch. And it's funny, my last question for you in the short remaining time was about your pro brilliant leadership institute how you differ and stand out from other leadership coaches i mean you've given us so many examples already with you know this the, the equations and the communication style um in the next couple of minutes is there any kind of a last like method you use or, or is anything you want to share about how you stand out with the with your pro brilliance leadership institute well what we do is really just listen deeply for what it is that's needing to occur and what are the things that are in the way. And oftentimes the things that are in the way are thoughts, right? It's not who we think we are that holds us back. It's who we think we're not. Okay. And another little bit of a mind bender is people's identification with who they really are, right? It's like, there's a saying that says, I'm not who I think I am. Uh -huh. I'm not who you think I am. Uh -huh. I am who I think you think I am. Oh, I like that. Right? right? Uh -huh. So we're going to show up differently in different situations with people. We're either sometimes we throw ourselves on the pedestal and other people in the pit, uh -huh. or we throw them on the pedestal and ourselves in the pit. Uh -huh. And when we don't have equilibrium uh -huh. is where we get off into the weeds. Right. And we get into right. fear and things of that nature. So if we can find our way to the equilibrium and there's different processes that we use to help people with that. So where we're really different, I believe, yeah. um, is helping people get a clear sense of who they are and what their full potential is. And then give them the tools to step into that on a sustainable basis. 
Mm-hmm. Most people's fear is, well, I've had glimpses of it, but I don't know how to keep it up. I don't know how to stay at that level. And that's normal if we're mm-hmm. out of shape, right? If we're going, okay, we're going to run, you know, a six minute mile over the right. next 10 miles and we mm-hmm. haven't run before. It's like, I, I, there's no way I can do that. But if we build up to it and we get mm-hmm. the stamina pretty soon, clocking mm-hmm. off six minute miles, if we're a runner, mm-hmm. no big deal. I can sustain that. Mm-hmm. And so Definitely. that's what we're about is giving you the tools and the stamina. I call it emotional stamina to keep on keeping on or Coco, we call it. <laughs> I like that nation a lot. Well, and thank you so much. In the last minute or so, can you tell us like briefly uh, any website or how to find you or email or anything like that you want to share and how to reach out to you? Yeah, there's there's a new little website that we created that has some really cool resources. I, I'll throw it in the oh, chat, nice. but it's just findmachin.com, all one word. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we Sorry, keep our, um, you know, we do uh, different webinars from time to time. So the mm. webinar will be there if you want to register for that. It's free. And there's mm. other tools and resources that are for free mm. uh, that people can download and just get a sense of kind of what mm. we do, how we do it. Yeah. Um, there's no upsells. There's no, you know, we're not going to ask you to buy anything. We're just, we want to build relationship and, mm-hmm. you know, if it makes sense where we can help you get to that next level, then we can have that conversation. Great. So for those that are listening and not on the video, the audio is, uh, F-I-N-D-M-A-C-H-E-N.com. Mason McDonald, it has been a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Thank you for all your wisdom and, and your your concepts that you shared, your methodology. Folks, we need to end now, but if you like Employment Law Today, you like what you hear, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your coworkers, tell your family to tune in Tuesday nights from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Talk Radio NYC. Stay tuned for some great programming coming up. Uh, and with that, I will wish you, Machen, a wonderful night. And to our audience, stay stay connected and have a wonderful evening. Thanks, sir. Thank you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us.
Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.